Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you the key master? Hello, you're listening to Known For, the filmography podcast uh, with me, Bob Shoy, and my co-host. Hey, it's Becca. And uh, today we're talking about the, uh, what do we call it? Filmography. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just literally said filmography podcast. The filmography of Sigourney Weaver. Mm, yeah. Which was one of my choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you find this? This was pretty fun. We'd seen a lot of her stuff. I felt like her discography was way smaller than a couple of other people that we'd seen. Uh, so it felt like we sort of breezed through it quite yeah, easily. Yeah, I, I kind of, it was a bit of a tactical choice on my behalf to give us a bit of respite after some of the heavier back catalogues we've had. Mm. Because she has consistently worked since like the 80s or yeah. whenever she started, no, 70s, aliens, mm. late 70s, mm-hmm. but not like a huge Mm. number of roles just consistently just working away she's quite selective yeah she is actually quite selective that's something we'll come to Mm. we talk about it but yeah so did you want to oh i was gonna say do you want to talk about the known fours but we normally talk about the actress Mm -hmm. or actor first yeah so uh anything that you noticed about sigourney from the films we watched we normally talk about things that we like patterns that we noticed hmm I was going to say she's good in English accent as well as American because she's half English, isn't she? Her mother was born in England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a few films of which her. Which I didn't know. No. Which she put on an English accent in... Um, the first one we saw her in with in English was Monster Calls. Yeah. And I was like, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes and an we, English I accent think, is a bit forced. I think it stood out to us because we watched two films in a row where she spoke with an English accent. Hmm. We watched that and Year of Living Dangerously. She speaks with an English accent in both. Hmm. You said about she had a strange name. Yeah. This is what you said about before we started recording. So she was actually born Susan Weaver. Okay. And she changed her name at the age of 12. Cool. Um, so she actually took the name Sigourney from a minor character in the novel The Great Gatsby. That's very cool. Uh, the character's name is Mrs. Sigourney Howard. And um, she said... This is a quote. Mm-hmm. I changed my name when I was 12 because I didn't like being called Sue or Susie. I felt I needed a longer name because I was so tall. So what happened? Now everyone just calls me Sig or Siggy. That's quite cool. <laughs> Siggy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah. So she changed her name at the age of 12. So Sigourney's... She was actually born Susan. Wow. In Weaver. Very cool. 
but yeah, no, there's a couple of patterns I noticed. So I've got some notes here, but I know she normally plays, I think because maybe this is to do with her, a combination of her height, because she's very tall. Yeah. Um, so I got here that she's six foot three. Wow. In heels. But she always wears heels, apparently. Okay. Um, so I don't know what she is about. Mm. But the, the height I've got here, six, six foot three in heels. Uh, so she's really tall. And um, she also has quite like a quite a distinct voice because it's mm. deep mm. and soothing, but also has like an element of like huskiness to it. Mm. So the combination of that like deep voice and the tall stature, I think, leads to her having quite like a lot of her characters are quite commanding mm. characters, yeah, um, or independent characters. I've written here independent characters, characters of stature or rank. Um, yeah, that's that's what I noticed. A lot of that. Yeah, definitely. That makes someone loads with like of sense, presence. Man. When she's on screen, she normally has presence. Yeah, and she said that actually, like that has led to her not getting a lot of roles. Oh, really? Because because of her height or because of this or whatever. Right. So yeah. Hmm. I think they maybe they find it harder if they cast her than they have to cast somebody who's equally as tall, mm. so that it's not kind of an ocular like uncomfortable weirdness i don't know like some that happens in films doesn't it they i mean i did notice her. it in a few films how tall she was like how tall oh. she was compared to like other actors around her and some of them mm. another little fact about her right. she's afraid of lifts or elevators if you're in the in the u.s really yeah doesn't like to travel in lifts that's weird yeah at least and, that's uh, why she's so trim just always takes the stairs always takes the stairs yeah <laughs> and uh, this is what you said about like, because uh, we noticed she doesn't always have like the lead role, mm. even though she's more than capable of like being a lead actress, as she yeah. has done. A lot of times she will appear as like a really small part. Yeah. And um, I actually found a quote of someone asking her about that. And she mm. said, um, this is a quote, I'd rather have a small part in a movie I love than a bigger part in one I didn't care about. Mm. So she picks for the film rather than the part. Nice. She wants, I want to be part of that film. I don't care if the part's small. I feel like, yeah, I feel like definitely that would... I kind of got that about her, mm. got that vibe of her. She's just very passionate about what she's doing and where she spends her time and yeah, definitely. efforts. Because I noticed she would have like really small part mm. in some film in the same year that she had like a lead role in something else. And mm. it was just like, oh, she liked that film. She wanted to be a part of it. That's really cool. So that's what I got. And also she's often considered like the queen of sci-fi. Yeah. She's done a lot of sci-fi films and she is Ellen Ripley, one of the most famous sci-fi characters of all time. Yeah. Up there with like, I don't know, like Luke Skywalker and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. When you think of sci-fi characters, Ripley's up on the first that come to your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Cool. And there we go. That's that's what I have uh, about her. Anything else that you wanted to mention? The sort of some of the notes I made before we started. No, I guess I, I agree. Yeah. I just, whenever I think of her, it's very, she's very... Basically, like all the stuff I'd seen her in before we chose her for known for was um, all the sci-fi stuff. So yeah. actually, it's been really a lot of stuff that we've seen to like fill in the gaps has not been sci-fi at all. So it's been really interesting to like see the other side of her like filmography. Um, yeah, like what what she's played when she's not in a sci-fi. I definitely thought that there's a few roles, and we'll talk about the films as we go through the filmography. But there's a few roles I was just like, wow, I would. Because I've only ever seen her in those like small sci-fi films. Mm. It's really cool to see her in a different genre. Mm. And sometimes like it's she's really good in mm. like a, a, a role or a genre you wouldn't expect because um let's pull an example from later in the episode. Like think of I said but she's 
comedy type cast in like commanding mm-hmm. roles or like sci-fi roles or action roles. Mm. And then she does something like Snowcake. Yeah. Which is complete opposite of all of that. Yeah. Um, and she's great in that, but we'll talk, to that, talk about that film later. So um, her known fours. Yep. I don't think they've changed. Top four known fours. No, they've not. Um, so number one, Avatar. Mm-hmm. Number two, Alien. Mm-hmm. Number three, Alien Resurrection. Mm-hmm. And number four, Galaxy Quest. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk quickly about the mm-hmm. known fours. Yeah. Um, actually, I think this is going to be maybe slightly longer than some of the other intro sections some of the other actors because we're gonna have to talk about the alien franchise got a double whammy of alien yeah and we'll probably just end up talking about the whole franchise like we mm. have done before so we'll, we'll talk about avatar and galaxy quest first and then we'll get to the meat okay cool so i guess we'll galaxy start quest with, are you gonna start oh, okay yeah. let's start with galaxy i've got more to say on Ga- i've got not much to say on either of these to be honest oh really but i've got more to say on galaxy quest than avatar right okay let's get this get teeth stuck into this then Okay. I hadn't seen Galaxy Quest when it first came out in nine, 1999. No. Uh, I didn't even know about it. And then we watched it recently. We watched it for the Sam Rockwell one. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. It's like, like I said on that episode, it's not my style of comedy. Mm. It's a sign of its ta- a sign of the times, I think. But like in this kind of throwbacky way to but like... It's, it's still incredibly popular. Yeah. Because I think the, we said about, we're repeating ourselves from Sam Rockwell one, but I'm not a, a Star Trek fan. Mm. And this is a real like love letter to Star Trek. Yeah. And poking fun at the funny side of Star Trek. Yeah. I feel like... I did find it funny and it does oh yeah, there was, that very well. To be honest, I found Sigourney's character... Really good. I liked her character yeah. in it because she was so against type. Yeah. Because she's playing the bimbo character. Yeah. And I found her quite funny in this. She doesn't do many comedies, but she's actually quite good in like a comedy role. Yeah. I think it's because she's quite like, she's got quite a good poker face. Right, yeah. And I think that's why it was so funny because she's, you, I mean, I don't know if she ever corpsed on set, but I feel like she's quite good at avoiding that. Like, I feel like she would just run with it and like be quite funny. I, mean, I know that the scene, I'm, I haven't written this down actually, I'd, this is just something I heard about a while ago. Um, there's a scene where, you know, when they first get transported. Yeah. And Sam Rockwell's character's with them all. Mm-hmm. And he, like, screams really loudly. Yeah. I don't think the rest of the cast knew he was going to do that scream. <laughs> so her reaction, including like, everyone else's reaction, is like the genuine, genuine. reaction to his the massive real, yeah. scream. Yeah. <laughs> which is quite funny. Amazing. But we said about her playing, like, the bimbo. Mm. So she said um, her quote about, she, she wears a wig. She has, like, a blonde, she has blonde hair in that film. Yeah. And um, it's a wig that she wore for that character. But she said that when they got to set, mm. every time she put on the wig, yeah, she said, quote, I can feel my IQ dropping every time she put on the wig, <laughs> like, as soon as she put it on. Um, but in, at the end of shooting, she actually kept that wig. Oh, really? As a memento, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good. It's a fun comedy. Yeah, like it's I well say, it, it, I understand why it's so beloved. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 not something I would watch. Like, oh, I want to watch. A, I don't watch that many comedies, to be honest. Hmm. And if I did want to watch a comedy, it's not. It wouldn't be anywhere near my first it's choice. I'm too, glad I've seen it. Yeah, it's way too silly for me. For yeah, my life. we said about that before. I'm not like into like wacky comedy so yeah. much. Um, but it's good. Like, there's not many like good sci-fi comedies. Sci-fi comedies are normally on the bad end of wacky. Yeah, no, I think this is just it treads lightly. Yeah. 
Like, and it's got and, a great, well, it keeps the, on the right side of things. The cast helps it. You've got like Alan Rickman and Scorny Weaver and Sam Rockwell. Like there's yeah. there's good people in it. Mm. But and her other co-star Tim Allen. Tim Allen, yeah. He was uh, a real huge fan of Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Um, he, he has like loads of uh, alien memorabilia. Right. So uh, he was like really. He he said and he was really starstruck to work alongside her, <laughs> and he actually started bringing some of his like alien oh my God. merchandise to set <laughs> for her to sign. That's amazing. Yeah. Just sneaking it in. Yeah. So she was signing his alien merch between takes and stuff on set. <laughs> I love that she just obliged him with that. I, I think feel she, like she would just be like, "Oh, go away." <laughs> I think she wrote some sort of quite wry stuff on it. Oh, really? Yeah, like. Um, like stuff like Tim Allen stole this, love Sigourney and stuff like that. <laughs> and he was like a bit upset by some of the stuff that she wrote on it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. She's still like giving it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm going to sign this, but I'm not exactly going to write what you want me to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Computer, is there a, a replacement beryllium sphere on board? Computer, is there a replacement beryllium sphere on board? Negative. Uh, no uh, reserve beryllium sphere uh, exists on board. No, we have no extra beryllium sphere on board. You know, that is really getting annoying. Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? Sure, no problem. So that's Galaxy Quest. She is um, fun in this, and mm. I can I can only think this and Ghostbusters are probably the only like big comedies that she's done. Yeah. And I think she's given more to do in this. Because mm-hmm. initially I was so surprised that Ghostbusters wasn't in her name for. Yeah. Because, like, as a kid, that's, like, what I knew her from. Her role's quite small, really. Not really. Not in the first one. Mm. She's given more to do in this than Ghostbusters, I guess. So that's mm. why I can see why, why this is high up. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, so do you want to chat about Avatar quickly? Yeah, it will be quickly, because I have, like, nearly nothing to say about Avatar. <laughs> I find that film such, like, a... Uh, Nothing. I had a real hankering to watch it again. Did you? The other day. I've not seen it for ages. I've seen it once. Yeah. I didn't see it at the cinema. I saw it when it first came out to home release. Hmm. Um, I actually uh, watched your dad's... This is when I started seeing you. <laughs> your dad had bought it on Blu-ray or whatever. Ah. DVD. And we... I came around. I was like, oh, I haven't seen it. And I came around and watched it. And that's like the first time and only time I'd ever seen it. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like so unimpressed by it. Probably haven't seen it since then. No, either. I didn't... I don't remember... I didn't understand at the time the hype for it. Yeah. I found it left me wanting big time. Mm. I don't want to go too much around on my views on Avatar. I, know, I understand it's really popular, but to me, I like I wanted so much more from it because mm. I thought it was very tropey. Mm. Um, yeah. It was like the big military grunts. In fact, it was like Fern Gully, but live action. Like I've seen this story before. Yeah. That's what I didn't like about it. And also, I know that James Cameron had like, he'd put so much work into the world of Pandora. Yeah. To the point where he'd written a Pandorapedia. And I was like, we don't see enough of it. It's a shame, isn't it? Because it did feel like I like it because, yeah, the world's really in depth, the creatures and like all the flora and fauna are like fantastic and gorgeous. But it's really just focusing on like boring humans I just and their terrible more. It just like, like personalities every... and, tro- and tropes and traits that we have that it's just like kill everything we don't understand it so felt like every sake. creature on the planet was just like a blue creature like there wasn't enough I wanted more if he'd made this amazing Pandorapedia give me more of it show me more wildlife 
Yeah. Show me more of the world. That's what left me like wanting mm. in that film. So that's <laughs> Avatar. Like, I get this. One of the biggest grossing films of all time. Mm. Uh, she has like a prominent role in it. Um, she's going to be in the sequels that are filming now. The four sequels they're making to Avatar. I don't know who's begging for these films, but mm. okay. But this was her reuniting with James Cameron as well after Aliens. So it was like a long, long time without working together. And then he brought her back for this. Mm. I'm going to go watch it. See. You're gonna watch it again. <laughs> I do. Have, I don't know. I really wanna. I do wanna. I need to see it again. We haven't seen it for years and years. No, I've never had like a hankering to watch it again. Maybe, maybe when that second one finally comes out, I'll be Just like, you know what? Can. I'll watch that first one. I'll give the second one a go, and maybe I'll be in. Maybe I'm into the series then, and I'll watch three, four, and five. Um, Only if they actually like intellectually expand the storyline. Well, we'll see. Uh, so, Alien. Right, yeah, the big, the big one. Let's get into this. So, Alien and Alien Resurrection are in her unknown force. I've got so a massive question here. The first one and the fourth one. Why the hell is Resurrection on the name for over like <laughs> two or even three? I don't know. Uh, I've got no idea. We, I watched it for the first time. Well, let's what, Res- Resurrection. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the Alien. good ones, right. and then we'll go on to the other. So we'll talk about. Alien, and we'll yeah. just talk about the whole franchise now because Rose Silver's coming back to Alien yeah. again, again. So we saw these. I saw these a while ago. Yeah, I'm. I've seen these films a few times. I think I've only. Hmm, I think I've only seen them once. Yeah, that's true. I know this. <laughs> so um, when we lived at our old house, um, I was talking about the Alien films. I think you had watched Prometheus, maybe. Yeah. Prometheus had come out and for some reason you were interested in it from the trailers. Yeah. Having it's like a no, weird sci-fi thing. Yeah, like, having no knowledge of the Alien films. Yeah, it looked cool. And I said, oh, it's, you know, a prequel to the Alien films, yeah. which you had never seen. And you're like, you'd like sci-fi films. Mm. So I was surprised that you hadn't seen it, seeing as you've seen so many sci-fi films. Um and I sort of said, well, they're sort of sci-fi horror films-ish, mm. but the, they sort of change genre slightly from film to film. Yeah. But they're cool. They're like sci-fi horror. Yeah. Um, but I had the box set anyway, the Blu-ray box set, mm-hmm. and you had that hankering to watch them after so you did eventually watch Prometheus. Mm. And even though you found it kind of scary, I think. Yeah, like all of the Alien films are some more than others, but are a little bit scary. For some reason, you were intrigued enough to want to watch the originals and i mm. said okay we'll watch them but i'm not re-watching resurrection right. so we watched the first three yeah yeah and you enjoy them mm. you like those alien films the first one is terrifying i want to know why you like them despite not liking horror at all um i don't know especially as like your favorite is the first one right yeah but which it's is also the, most the most straight up horror it's also the most terrifying yeah that one's like um a slasher flick it is like a bunch of people in a confined space yeah. with a, like a serial killer, like a slasher flick, yeah. picking them off one by one. I think I like the sci-fi stuff aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It does scare the shit out of me because it's like the tension is crazy. Mm. Like, I think it's just a really good film. And I think the fact that it's, yeah, like it's an alien intrigues me. And like you don't quite know what it is for ages. And it's like, slow. That first film is slow. Yeah. The alien doesn't appear to a good long way into it. And you're sort of just getting like little, pulling on little like threads the whole way along, just like. And I think because you don't really know 
as well as like the you don't know much more than the actual characters. No, you're discovering with them. It does like draw you in, and mm. like makes you want to continue watching, even though I don't know. Just gives me like tingles. <laughs> I love jingles. Tingles, love like tingles. like all oh, creepy, like. Uh, I love the way it looks. Like I love the design yeah. of the Nostromo, the the mm. ship. It's it took stuff from Star Wars, mm. uh, which had come out a few years before. Yeah, in that idea of like sci-fi stuff up to that point had always just been like pristine and clean and new and they'd taken that lived in world like gritty gritty idea because they're basically like space truckers they're just like delivering yeah. stuff and it's they're all living on the you got the camaraderie of the crew which mm. i was like that dynamic in films like that yeah and you have this yeah this cool environment mm. so yeah i love especially the first alien film and i think because like i'd seen prometheus I was like, I just love like law and like mythology and stuff like that. Mm. And like the whole lost race and kind of there's this alien species kind of thing that like was maybe created and like all this weird stuff that isn't like it doesn't it's not obvious. They don't they don't hand it to you on a plate. You have to really it's like It's really pay weird attention. that you saw Prometheus first. Yeah. Because a lot of people really don't like Prometheus mm -hmm. who love the alien films because they say it answers too many questions it takes the mystery away I don't think so like I mean it does and it doesn't but you liked Prometheus you liked like the prequels you liked Covenant as well yeah yeah I they're did, also I, very scary I did I didn't hate them like a lot of people hate those prequels I actually think they're quite fun and good and I don't care like if the aesthetics things is add like law. great as well and like yeah I obviously like the first two alien films are like fantastic mm. And I actually like three, but we'll come to that in a minute. Resurrection's terrible. And I think the prequels are sort of... The, the prequels are like on the level, maybe not quite as much as three for me. But mm. Alien 1 and 2 are so good. Yeah. So I've got a few facts about the first Alien film. Mm -hmm. So for the role... Yeah. It came down to... This is really interesting. Um, for the role of Ripley. Right. Came down to finally casting between either Sigourney Weaver mm -hmm. or Meryl Streep. Whoa. Um, and they were college mates from Yale. Wow. But what sort of clinched it for them... Yeah. ...is that at the time they were getting ready to start, Meryl Streep was grieving, uh, grieving for her partner, which we talked about on the Meryl Streep episode, John yeah. Cazale. Mm. So that helped, weirdly, Sigourney get the role, who was completely unknown at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, um, she was actually the last character to be cast... Okay. ...for the crew. Uh, I... I tried to find a source to this today, but I couldn't find it. But I did listen to a podcast about the Alien films recently, which mm -hmm. was interesting. And on that, they said they said that on the script, all the characters were written as blank slates. Right. In the original script, draft of the script, it didn't say whether any character was male, female, black, oh, okay, white. It cool. was just they were all just whoever. Yeah. And that anyone could be considered for any role. Oh, cool. And um, I found that a really interesting idea. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is. I heard that on uh, an episode of Retronauts where they talked about um, mm. the first Alien film, which is good. If you're interested in Alien, that's a good, good episode, good podcast. But yeah, I found that a really interesting that's idea. That's cool. Yeah. So by casting, they sort of like defined those characters. Yeah, they let mm. the people auditioning like sort of... Build the backstory. Make and the, make them their own. Sort of, yeah. Like yeah. Any, any character could be anyone. That's really cool. I love that concept. Yeah. So, yeah, she was the last to be cast. She was relatively unknown. The only sort of known actor in it was John Hurt. Mm -hmm. And the big 
spoiler for an old film, but John Hurt is the first to die. He dies relatively early in that film. Mm. So that sort of leaves you going, oh, well, I don't even know who any of these people are. Anyone could live. Anyone could die. Because she doesn't come across as the obvious main character. She is now. You know she is. Yeah. She's the main character for the series. But when you watch that first film... It's anyone's game. Any, yeah, they're yeah, sort of yeah. just a crew, an ensemble cast. Yeah, it's really cool how... Yeah, and you like you said, like it's a really slow burn. So it's like picking them off like bit by bit. And it's yeah. very... Like the tension there is quite, you know, lots of suspense. So, and the famous scene, the really famous scene, the chestburster scene. Yeah. So, um, Sigourney and the act, the other actors weren't acting during that scene. <laughs> they weren't aware of what was going to happen. Oh wow, cool. They actually, she said, look, she was actually really worried. She thought something was really wrong with John. Right. And like, she thought he was having like a heart attack or something, or like he was really. She was really concerned over him. Amazing. And so their reaction when that bursts out. Yeah. Because it's all practical effects, obviously. Yeah. Is, is genuine. It's the genuine reaction of the, the cast, which Love I think that. is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that I think draws me into Alien is it's all practical. Yeah. And I think it just is so much better for it. Um, well, at least the first few. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a guy in a suit. Cool. Uh, but yeah, and the only other note I've got is that I found quite interesting is that when she originally read the script, she had mm. no idea what the alien would look like, obviously. So she said before they filmed, she had always imagined it as um, a big yellow blob, which is completely different <laughs> to how it actually is. Yeah. Cool. So the first alien film, yeah, is an absolute classic. Mm. I still think it holds up. I still think it's a really great film. Yeah. And uh, created this character, which is one of the most famous sci-fi characters of all time. Mm-hmm. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off. We'll talk about the other two films before we come on to Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Even though, why the hell is Resurrection <laughs> in the top, in the name? I, anyway, so Aliens. Know. Right. The other cool thing I like about the Alien franchise is they have different directors for the different films. That okay. helps them have different... Looking, like, look, Yeah, you've feel. got Ridley Scott doing the first one, which is more of like a straight-up horror. And then the second film suddenly turns into a big action film. James mm-hmm. Cameron, loads of Marines going down, shooting aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's a big... It's like a really great, great, great action film. Yeah. I like the the fact that all... Like, the first three are very, like, unique like that. Mm. Like you said, like... Well, the fourth but, one is unique. <laughs> okay, we'll come to that later. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like suspenseful like horror like thriller kind of slasher yeah i feel like the second first one, one is horror the second one, yeah action yeah action sci-fi and that third one is more like tension yeah um because they are like it's a, it's a prison planet they're basically mm. in prison yeah so you've got like atmosphere and tension and suspense mm. in that third one more so and i do even though like they are like different in feel i think they do work together as like a trilogy yeah, I'm actually... Like, together with one another. We'll come on to the third one in a minute. Let's talk about um, the second one, because I keep mm-hmm. I really want to talk about number three. Right, okay. Because it's like the black sheep. Okay. It's like, no one likes no one likes Resurrection. Okay. But three is the controversial one. Everyone likes the first two. Yeah. So let's let's talk about number two. It's the big action one. Mm-hmm. Get away from her, you bitch! You like number two as well? Yeah. I, taking? I yeah. like I like all the first three. Yeah. Like, controversially, I'd like three. So she was quite protective over the character of Ripley by this point. Yeah. Already. How many years were in between her doing 
So Alien came out in 1979 and Aliens was 1986. Okay. So, so it's quite a big gap. Fair while, yeah. Yeah, she'd done a few other roles and she had done some like fairly... Ghostbusters. Yeah, cool. she'd done uh, Year of Living Dangerously and Ghostbusters Between, which are both quite... Meaty, yeah. Relevant films, like... Yeah, they're both like sort of well-known films mm-hmm. um, that did quite well. So there was like, there was a quite a gap between the first and second one, but she was quite... She wasn't sure about even coming back for any sequels. Mm, okay. And um, she had she had been approached with scripts that she had turned down because okay. she wasn't actually signed up for a sequel. So her contract didn't like, stipulate sequels. Oh, right, okay. So she was hesitant to do it. She rejected numerous offers, uh, but eventually read James Cameron's script and really loved it. Did that, like, basically... Of- like then, did they have a few different scripts then? And yeah, then yeah, she, yeah. Her was, decision... Few, I like, don't know if that... I think they were eager to go ahead with his anyway, but pretty much James Cameron had written this script hmm. that centred around her, the continue... Because some of the people were not even writing... They were, like, not even continuing Ripley's character into it because oh, okay. they didn't know if they could get Sigourney Weaver. So there were some scripts that were like just new characters oh, with okay. the alien or whatever. Oh, right. But James Cameron wrote his script and he wanted to centre the story... About around Ripley, yeah, but he didn't realise that Sigourney wasn't signed on the sequels. So oh, he'd written right. the script that he really loved and really wanted to do, and he was like, "Oh shit, I haven't, I might not even have her." Ah. Uh, so um, he contacted her himself right. to sort of plead his case and show her the script, and she liked his script. She liked the story. She thought it was cool. So her being on board with it sort of like green lighted. It might it would next, probably like help, yeah, yeah, because she was a real like a star by that point. She was unknown the first one. Now, yeah, she was well known actress. Mm. So yeah, she was really disappointed that by the time the film made it to cinemas, it had been shortened from the original script. Right, it had been shortened, and there was quite a few scenes cut out. Oh. Um, but that's the studio meddling and mm. this and that. I mean, the still the film's still fairly long, and I think if you watch the director's cut, which is the more well-known one, it's like two and a half hours now. Mm. A lot of the stuff that she was sad got cut is now back into it. Mm-hmm. So I think she was happy about that. Definitely watch the director's cut then if you're gonna do. Yeah, I mean, different people have different pre- preferences. But, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's because she was a more bankable star. She her salary for this was thirty times that of, her, of the <laughs> first film. Um, yeah, so she she got paid a million for this, which doesn't actually seem that much in right, comparison. Yeah. Shows how little she got paid on the first film. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So yeah, so she had loads of notes on the character of Ripley when she went through the script as well. Okay. Because like I said, she was quite she's quite precious about the character of Ripley. It's mm. like a character that she's quite close to. Yeah. And she says herself, she's quite a hard character to actually write. Mm-hmm. So she had loads of uh, notes on the script. James Cameron was really accommodating with her notes. Cool. And he actually really praised her for not taking issue of any of the story direction, not saying, I think the story should be this. She was happy, like, that's your story. Mm. Her only notes were about how her character would react in situations and the responses yeah, yeah, yeah. and that side of it. And he was actually, cool. he liked that. Really receptive to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really accommodating to her ideas in that, in that oh, sense. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's cool. But one final thing about the, the Aliens, the second film. Right. What's amazing about it is that she was nominated for an Oscar. Right, yeah. For this film. Yeah. Which was the first time that a female, that an actress had been nominated for um, a lead in an action film at the Oscars. Mm. So it was kind of groundbreaking in that way as well. That's cool. But she's, the role's quite meaty in that second one because mm. she comes a, a mother figure 
to a child in it. So mm. you have that sort of meatiness from her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did loads of research into the Alien films today. That's why I've got like so much to say. But there's so much about these films, and yeah, yeah, they're very in depth. And like you can watch them on the surface, but then there's so much like lore and stuff like that. Well, there's just so much history about the development of them because they're mm. so such pioneers, mm. uh, such a pioneering franchise. There's just so much information about out there mm. about the making of. So I just had to pick and choose a few things I wanted to talk about. But yeah, cool. Anything else to talk about aliens or have I just <laughs> run away with it? Yeah, I think we've mocked it all up. I'm sorry. Let's go on to Aliens 3 then. Okay, Alien 3 with the weird Alien Cubed. I don't know why it has the little three above yeah, it. Yeah, Okay, wow. what do you think about Alien Cubed, Becca? <laughs> I like it. It's not. I know it's not as popular as the others. Um, I haven't watched it for a while, so I'm just trying to remind myself. I like it because it's like closed environment mm-hmm. again, so it's like kind of really similar to the first one um obviously there's like more people involved and stuff like that mm. um yeah it's still got a cool vibe to it she's a bit more like hard hardened in this one yeah she gets like more hardened as the film's gone, mm. which i like yeah she's a bit more like desperate well she the film opens with like tragedy yeah and she's she's crash land on this basically this giant prison facility mm. uh on a, on a planet so this was directed by David Fincher. So it's another sort of interesting director who's mm-hmm. putting his own spin on it. But this one is the real, it's a real controversial film. Some people really don't like this film. Mm-hmm. And I understand why, because I've there's the version that went out to the cinema, the theatrical cut of this, mm-hmm. is not very good. Mm-hmm. And it cuts so much out. Maybe um, that's why I prefer it then, because I've definitely seen... You've only seen the what's known as the assembly cut. Right, yeah. Um, which, when I watched it with you, that was the first time I'd seen the assembly cut. Mm-hmm. So I'd said to you, three's all right. Apparently there's a really good version of it out there, so I'd be interested to watch it. And that's the version that we watched together. Right. And at the end of it, I was like, wow, it's so much better than the theatrical version. Uh, it's okay. really good. Like, there's, there's bits in that theatrical version. I'm just like, why do they go down there? And then it cuts. Like, you can tell bits have been cut out. Right. Because the character walks in somewhere and then just walks out and nothing happens while they're in there. And yeah, yeah. I, it's, the differences are, are so obvious in that film. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's why I quite like it then, because we've seen, like, a more cohesive, like, version of it. Yeah. And by this time... Um, Sigourney Weaver had put in, had like actually had stipulations in her contract of like hmm. who was allowed to even write the character of Ripley. Like oh, only wow. certain character uh, writers she trusted to write the character of Ripley. Oh wow! And she had like a lot of approval over the way the character was written and stuff. And a lot of the original drafts didn't meet her approval at all. Okay. Of the treatment Bloody of the character, hell. yeah. But this one, she has a shaved head in this one. Yeah. And. She had a two-year-old daughter at the time. She had had a kid by this time. Mm-hmm. And her daughter didn't like her mum being bald. Oh, really? So she actually had a wig that she would wear at home. for home and then <laughs> take the wig off for set. It's kind of the opposite to most actors who wear a wig for the film. That's so She weird. shaved her head for the film and wore a wig at home. <laughs> that was cool. It wasn't the wig from... Uh... <laughs> Galaxy Quest, was it? Maybe. Oh, no, that came after that <laughs> later, right? Um, that'd be good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I really like Alien 3. If you are listening and you like the first two Alien films, you didn't like the third one. If you haven't seen it, I would say give the assembly cut go if you can get hold of that. It's normally, if you buy the Blu-rays and stuff now, it has all the different cuts on. Mm. The box I had had, like, before you watch the film, it asked what version of the cut you wanted to watch. Mm. 
Lemon. Stop this raving at once. I'm Stop telling it. you. It's here. Mr. Aaron, get that foolish woman back to the infirmary. But yeah, that third film is a really underrated film. Mm. And I like her character in it as well. Also because I think, because like she's the like cause of like bringing the alien. Like she, it, it stows away on her ship or something, doesn't it? Like So like, I think that's why she, she's a bit more like pissed off in it and a bit like harder. Well, also like, it's... Because she's the, like, fuck, it's me. It opens up with... Like, with the only other survivors with her from the, f- the second film yeah. there, that she's the only survivor. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so she's brought this thing to an- another location. She's yeah. lost the only people that she fought to survive in the last film. Yeah. She's very just like no nonsense in this third film. Yeah. To so. the point where she makes the ultimate sacrifice at the end of it. Mm. Which is why it's so surprising that later on there was a fourth film alien resurrection with her in it yep so let's talk about alien resurrection because we watched this recently and you saw it for the first time yeah i'd not seen it i vowed to never watch it again after watching it the first time what did you think um there's a lot that is wrong with it (laughs) the concept is crazy she they basically like recovered some dna or something and they like clone her kind of weird experiments the government like the army stuff like that they met, they have a few attempts and it's, then it's 200 years later right they're still searching for like this alien stuff they still know about it and like want to develop it and yeah she's like kind of a clone of herself it's a bit weird her personality's a bit off yeah because she's like part alien. Well, because she said she was never doing a do anymore. Like the mm. reason she was like, yeah, I because she was like well up for the sacrifice scene. Apparently another character was supposed to kill himself at the end. Right. But she was like, no, like make this Ripley. Right. Like what's an awesome way to go out. So she probably was a bit pissed that they're like flogging a dead horse kind of. Well, she literally refused to do a fourth film so many times. Right. And what's Vader? Well, when they asked her why, the quote is, they basically drove a dump truck full of money to my house. Oh, my God. It was literally just cashing in the check. Do you know how much she got paid for this one? No. I think this is her, like, highest paying role she's ever done. Really? 11 million. Whoa. Well, I'd probably become reincarnated for 11 million. And in a way, it's like... She's not even playing the same character, so... Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was the entire budget of the first film. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Winona Ryder's good in it though yeah so Winona Ryder she's, and she's alongside Winona Ryder Ron Perlman it's like an interesting weird cast yeah one cool thing so you know when so like we said she's a clone in this mm. and she sort of got super alien powers as well when you say it out loud it's so mm. ridiculous and when you watch it it's so ridiculous and they also started dabbling and putting sci- uh, CGI aliens in oh, it yeah. which is not good um, but she there's a scene where she's like playing basketball like shooting hoops yeah. on their own and they're all like the sort of crazy smugglers come in ron perlman's crew and then she sort of walks away from after having a bit of one-on-one with ron perlman she sort of walks away from the basketball and like chucks, it behind, and chucks it behind her and yeah. it goes straight through and she walks off yeah she did that in one take that was the first take really yeah amazing yeah um she got it in yeah she made that basketball oh, shot yeah. for real first time 
And like the people around couldn't believe it. They had to like sort of trim around because Ron Perlman in real life lost his shit that she actually really? did it. <laughs> so they were like definitely keeping that. She said that it was one of the best moments of her entire life. It's worth that. Like after her, like birth of her kids and that sort of like life um, milestones. This is like the, one of the best moments of her life. <laughs> she did that. Amazing. Yeah, totally 100% like, yeah, worth it. Best part of the film now you know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this. Film. I thought it was like, like doctored or something. I was yeah. like, can she? No, that's what they said. That? They said at the time, like people aren't going to believe this was a real take. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's awesome. But this film is is as ridiculous. It's actually crazily more ridiculous than it sounds. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh, it's so horrible. At the end, with like the weird. Human alien, baby alien. Oh, did you when it's getting sucked out the hole? Oh. oh god, yeah. What did you do? So did you actually like it? I haven't actually said what you thought of it yet. You just going, oh god. Right, oh. I appreciate the continuation of the alien storyline in many forms, uh, but this one just wasn't done properly. Like you know, like Prometheus mm-hmm. and Covenant. Mm-hmm. Like, they're about the same topic, but they just, like, and they're in the, like, well, what's it called? Canon? Yeah. And they're, like, in canon, and then they, and they just make sense, even though they don't use any of the other, any of the famous, like, original characters or whatever. And they're just all the better for it, because it's just building, like, the, um, building the world and the landscape and the storyline. But this one just felt so, so unnecessary. And yeah, just a massive cash cow. Yeah, it's a big, big paycheck. And CG was just not like not the right way to go. It's just it such all. a stupid idea. It's like they desperately wanted another alien film, but didn't know what to do, and they didn't want to do it without Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, but they had already killed her off, and it's just the most batshit crazy idea. I don't know why. Maybe it's because she, she made so much money. Like, it, maybe it's because it's the biggest paycheck that's in her like mm. known force. I don't know. I have no idea why you'd put this. And it's one weird in there. because like for her, for Sigourney Weaver's character, like there's not really that much threat because like she somehow like mothered the new She's alien. She's kind of sidelined as well for a lot of this film. Yeah, like it takes a while. You're, you're following like the smuggler crew. It and takes a while for her to come into the plot. And I know that like in other alien films, like the crew like always get killed off and stuff like that but you do have a sort of like affinity for some of them but mm. like you don't all the crew are this, in this all the crew are like shit They're in this despicable. except for Winona Ryder and spoilers turns out she's a um, robot anyway she's the uh, you always have to have a surprise synthetic in the yeah. alien films and she's actually more human than any of the other characters she's got more personality and more like sim- her sympathy like module <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it just was a bit, just a bit shit. <laughs> yeah, I advise against Alien Resurrection. I mean, if you like it, I would love to know what you like about it. Yeah. I haven't met anyone that likes it. Mm. And if you, I understand maybe some people like sort of schlocky films. You yeah. might like it because, it, oh, it's just so crazy. But if you actually like it but as a good film, I'd love to know, I'd yeah. love to know like what but you like about it. don't with like... You know, they could have made any old film a bit like if they wanted to do like a crappy like sci-fi action thing. Mm. But don't use the alien like brand and stuff with it. Like don't drag it down into the mud if you're going to just sully it. 
So. Does it grow? Yeah. Very rapidly. It's a queen. How did you know that? She'll breed. You'll die. Everyone in the company will die. In the, in the, in the company? Wayland, Yutani. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we spoke enough about Alien. Yeah. <laughs> Basically an Alien podcast. I could put this out as an Alien podcast as oh it is. Oh, my God. But we still have the whole filmography to go through. Right. So I guess we'll, we'll do that. We'll have a little break and then we'll come back and start from the bottom. Yep, cool. All the way back to Annie Hall. Yeah. All right. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So. Yeah, so. Where should we start? All the way at the bottom. Right, okay. Annie Hall. Very brief. You've never seen that, right? No. Um, I have. I didn't suggest that you watch it for this because her appearance is all of six seconds long. And she also doesn't speak. Cool. But because it's such a famous film, it did actually get her noticed. Because it's quite like a prominent scene. Right. She is like front and centre in that scene. For even six, though she doesn't speak. Seconds. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, cool. So yeah, Annie Hall. Um, okay. We don't really need to talk about it. Just that's where she was She was spotted. Yep. So then the, the first major thing she was in was Alien, which yeah. we discussed. So then what's the next one we watched? Uh, the Year of Living Dangerously. Okay. Uh, this was an Australian made film. Mm. Alongside Mel Gibson. Yeah. Really, in, like, Mel Gibson is so young in it. Oh, my God. I, I hardly recognized him, to be honest, mm. at the very beginning. Mm. 
I had to like do a double take. This was one of the most uh, profitable Australian films ever made at the time, if not the. That's cool. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's really good. Um, it's based in, um, it's set in Indonesia where there's like loads of like civil war and stuff happening. Yeah, it's all the political troubles about in Indonesia. journalists and stuff. I thought Sigourney was really good in it, but the main character is definitely um, Mel Gibson. Yes. And uh, if anything, he is the Mel Gibson's the main character, but mm. the like photographer character played by Linda Hunt is kind of more prominent even than Sigourney Weaver's character. Yeah. She's sort of like the third character. Yeah. Um, so that's that. There's not much, much to say about it. I mean, I thought it was all right, but it didn't blow me away. It's not like the top of my pile. And I haven't really got any notes on it. Mm. It's, it's an interesting film. Um, next, uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. I've seen this before. We didn't watch it this time around. <laughs> I'm glad you have seen this yeah. before. It's great. I think this is a film that everyone's seen, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great film. She's the love interest of Bill Murray's character mm. in this film. When her character, I mean, spoilers for Ghostbusters, if you've never seen it, I'm, I'm sure you have. At one point, her character like basically transforms into a dog. Right. And that was actually Sigourney's idea. Cool. So in her um, audition, she had an idea for the character to be turned into a dog at one point in the film. And actually started doing that in her audition. She was like jumping on the, the sofa and Amazing. chewing on the cushions and stuff. So good. And the, the uh, they liked it and they, they ended up putting it into the script. That's really cool. Uh, but yeah, the, so up until this point, she'd done like made just mainly serious films. Yeah. And um, she wanted to do a comedy. This is, yeah. Uh, particularly because she'd done a lot of comedy at drama school. That was something that she had like kind of focused a lot on. Then when she got into film, she didn't really do any. So then oh, okay. she wanted to do a comedy film. And, and this is the mm. one that she was approached with and she liked, liked the script. Mm. And it's a classic. Yeah. And then it went on to, it's, it's a weird franchise, Ghostbusters. Because mm. it kind of is a franchise, but... There's like not many films and there's not many good films. There's like one good film. Yeah. They sort of like, I don't know, trying to stretch it out when it shouldn't really. But there's only three films. Yeah. But they're still, I don't know. It's they just, just don't like get constantly it right. they're talking about making another one. That initial like kind of magic and like synergy that happened in the first one, they can't really replicate. Well, they made the sequel with the, all the original cast and everything mm. and it's just not as good like even people who a lot of people don't like it and even the people that do like it they say it's not as good yeah it's kind of a mess and then they just didn't they, they said there was a third film idea for mm. years but never made it and then they did that reboot movie mm. which was all controversial because it was the, the girl Ghostbusters yeah which I didn't think was very good mm. and now they're making another Ghostbusters about isn't it a pre is it a prequel? No, no, it's oh. about like the next generation. Of, uh, it's right. basically like Stranger Things X Ghostbusters. Right, yeah. Yeah. And that looks I don't know, from the trailer like another one of these nostalgia fodder films. Mm. But that's got she's back in it as a character. Oh really? Yeah, I think a lot of the original cast are back in it. That's cool. Yeah. We shall see. Watch this space. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'll probably watch it, but I haven't got high hopes for it. Mm. And yeah, the sequel. So we'll just mention the sequel now as well, rather than come back to it later. Like, as she's back, she's in the sequel. Mm -hmm. um, all the original cast is in it. And it's just more of the same, but not as good. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Mm. There you go. Do you have any memories of the sequel? No. <laughs> None. <laughs> I think I just tried to 
erase it from my memory. I, I mean, honestly, I've seen it quite a few times, and even I struggle to even remember what the sequel's about. Yeah. A painting and loads of goo, and yeah. that's about it. No idea. But yeah, that's Ghostbusters. I'm kind of shocked this isn't in her, like, top four on IMDb. Yeah, I'm really like, shocked. I don't know why it's not up there, but... Um... I know she's like kind of a main character, but she's not. She isn't. She isn't. But she kind of gets um, possessed by the demon, so she's almost becomes the uh, antagonist. Mm. So she is kind of a major yeah. character in it. And then because when he opens the door and she's just in like a silk dressing gown and she's all like possessed, she's like, "Are you the key master?" Not that I know of. Are you the key master? Yes. I'm a friend of his. He told me to meet him here. I didn't get your name. I'm Zul. I'm the gatekeeper. Oh. What are we doing today, Zul? We must prepare for the coming of Gozer. Gozer, huh? The destructor. Yeah, maybe I just need to watch it again. I've not watched it for so, so long. You've not watched it for so long? No. Well, maybe you should do, do a rewatch. Like over 10 years, 15 years probably. I've oh, not wow. Seen it. Okay, right. It's that <laughs> long. Okay. Yeah, I used to watch it with my um, younger brothers when they were kids. And I think I've probably only seen it maximum twice. Right. Oh, ever. wow. Okay. Yeah, this is, <laughs> I watched this a lot as a kid. I had it on VHS. And when my brothers were young, I used to lend them my DVDs and we used to watch this. Mm. So I've seen this a lot. This is why I don't remember it. Very well. <laughs> oh, fair enough. All right. So, what's the next one? Aliens, which we spoke about already. Yeah. Um, so, let's move on to uh, Gorillas in the Mist. Okay, 1988. She played uh, Diane Fossey, and I really like this film. This is one of her. Again, I'm I'm surprised this isn't in Unknown Force. This yeah. is like a really famous film that she's done. Yeah. So, what's this about, Becca? She basically plays Diane Fossey, who's a scientist who um, went to Africa to study uh, mountain gorillas. And ended up kind of um, advocating them and fighting for them and stuff like that and getting embroiled in the local like culture and um, their like myths and legends and superstitions and stuff like that and kind of going up against that to try and save them. Um, yeah, again, in the- a time where there was lots of like civil war and like tumultuous like political stuff going on. Yeah, and a, and a lot of poaching. Yeah. Like they're dying out because of poaching, which yeah. she she only in, intends to go there initially for like research like purposes, a tour, basically. Yeah. And do, do a bit of research because she's worked with her character's worked with disabled yeah. kids. So she wants to approach um studying primates mm. in the same way. And she ends up just not, I can't leave because if I leave the poachers are gonna mm. attack like I'm here, I'm like the last There's a line real of yeah, like small population. She ends up being there um, for like ten years or something. Yeah. Long time. And she... Oh, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> Just cut that then. Yeah, so it is about her life living in the jungle, basically, and and working with these animals and, and yeah. living in that, that harsh environment. And making, like, sacrifices yeah. um, to kind of save them. And she does become more and more sort of erratic Yeah. as the film goes on. She's... Because the situation just becomes more, like, desperate. Yeah. And, like, I think just the 
human aspect just keeps getting in the way like all the political like, turmoil and stuff she just can't be dealing with it and she just gets really like pissed off mm. she um, gives more more radical measures yeah uh, but yeah good film um, I did like it I didn't love mm. it uh, I get why it's kind of famous and I thought Sigourney was great in it she yeah because you do get like a range of emotions yeah it. it does show like her capabilities she's very like at the beginning like very like naive yeah. and passionate and then it turns to more like knowledgeable and hardy and then yeah like you said she becomes a little bit more like erratic mm-hmm. and like crazy that she's so like desperate to kind of save them and she yeah. becomes quite possessive and she was uh, nominated for an Oscar for this one. Oh, cool she was nominated for lead actress for this one but didn't win mm. and in the same year right um, she was in Working Girl oh okay um, which she was also nominated for right in the Oscars as supporting actress so she got a double nom yeah which in different is categories. it's only only a handful of uh, people have ever done that like obviously you can't be nominated for two films in the same category mm. so for an actor or an actress the only way to get nominated twice in the Oscars is lead and supporting lead and supporting yeah, yeah. So cool. it's interesting that we're doing that because this year, kind of the big thing is Scarlett Johansson dating, dating this podcast is 2020. Um, Scarlett yeah. Johansson's been nominated for lead and supporting Another double for whammy. Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit. And it was kind of a big deal that she had been nominated twice. Hmm. Especially because this came out in 88. Yeah. So it would have been like, yeah, the quite a while ago that the Oscar noms, this would have happened. Hmm. Um, you had a... you. We read some stuff after we watched this and you came across some really cool facts about like how they filmed it and stuff because I was like... What's that about? How do they get... Yeah, like how do they get so close to the gorillas and like are they puppets? Are they real? Like all this kind of stuff like because there's lots of like interaction with them and stuff like that and you like discussed this The director was very adamant to not use puppetry when he didn't have to or costumes or, or stuff. He wanted it to be physical as much as possible I actually have a real animal there so anytime they could they did Mm. there was a really realistic gorilla suit Mm -hmm. that was made like really cutting edge at the time yeah and they would sort of intersperse cuts of that with a real yeah a real animal use it sparingly kind of yeah so when it there was a there was was one scene where it like charges through the brush yeah and he did it in the costume yeah but People, a lot of people on set actually thought when that was going on that it was a real because they hadn't, he hadn't <laughs> come on in the suit at that, on that day yet. Oh, we like surprised them. Yeah, well, he yeah. didn't do it intentionally. Right, he's like practicing for the scene, like running through the brush and that, and then it lot, freaked a lot of people out. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, they're scary animals. Yeah, gorillas. Uh, but yeah, working girl. I was going to say about the chimpanzees. Well, you actually found out, didn't you? About um, also like they used like chimpanzee. Oh yeah, um, yeah. With like a little bit of extra like face paint and stuff yeah like extra fur and stuff like that to make them look more like gorillas mm. um, which for, the, was, for the young yeah for the baby for the baby gorillas yeah they yeah change. which was really cool because I was just like you can't get a puppet cause, to do that sort of thing and it was really interesting mm. I didn't realise that they'd used uh, chimpanzees in place of in place of that which was super cool just made it like really really well also if you even if you did have a baby gorilla that was accommodating mm. it would really rile up the other. mummy gorillas yeah who are on set if you're manhandling isn't it child. weird that like a chimpanzee dressed like a gorilla doesn't have any effect like they just know well they, they know yeah. but if you had a kid if you had another kid dressed up as your kid i think you would know yeah i suppose so bit bizarre though They're clever animals yeah 
I'm not saying they're not, but I just <laughs> was like, they look, it looks so realistic. Obviously, I'm not a gorilla, so I don't know the difference between, you know, my gorilla child and a chimpanzee dressed as my gorilla child. <laughs> Fair enough. You haven't been in that situation. No. Um, but yeah, same year, Working Girl came yeah. out. So this was her Roscoe nom for supporting actress. Mm. What did you think of this one? Um, I like this. It was a weird, interesting film. It's kind of like, um, it, f- it follows basically, um, is the actress Melanie Griffith? Yeah, Melanie Griffith. And she's kind of like a secretary with aspirations. And she mm. sort of kind of, she thinks her boss, who's Sigourney with, is like going to steal her idea. Mm. So she kind of, while her boss is like incapacitated because she... Breaks her um, legs skiing. Breaks her legs skiing, yeah. Um, she sort of like takes... Basically takes over her life, takes over the business. Yeah. She doesn't take her identity though. Like no. when I When I read the synopsis, I was like, oh my God, does she become her That's boss? That's what but I thought, yeah. She just become... She's basically positions herself as like a partner or something like that yeah. in the business. Um, but she also like re- weirdly wears all of her clothes because she well, has access to a apartment house. and yeah, stuff like that. She tr- entrusts her to like keep everything afloat while yeah. she's there. But she's like her secretary slash like PA yeah. in the beginning, so she's got access to like all that stuff. Yeah, and it's a bit weird. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Deborah Wears Prada. Yeah, like her character was a bit like Meryl Streep's, like the sort of bitchy kind bitchy of bitchy boss, and like really and the new girl. Yeah, the dynamic was kind of similar. Hmm. Um, she thinks she's likable, but she's kind of not. She's quite like uh, overbearing. What I found weird about this one is Sigourney Weaver has top billing. She's mm. on all the posters, and she's like first build all, yeah. and everything. But she's really not in it that much. Not that much. Every no. now and then, it cuts to her laying in a hospital bed. Yeah. Until the end, when she's getting like cross when she realizes what's going on. Yeah. So she had top billing. Harrison Ford is is the uh, male lead in this film. Yeah. Or male co-star. He looks so different in this one as well. He's really like thin in this film. Yeah. It does, he looks really different. He hasn't got his like, stockiness. His and I think because he's not bearded. Mm. So. But he um, he's above her as well. Like the actual lead actress is like third build. Mm. It's really weird. But then I suppose Sigourney Weaver and Harrison Ford were like bigger well, names. Yeah. yeah. I called the inn. They said all they can give you is a ground floor single in the new wing. Did you tell them it was me? Well, I said Parker. <clears throat> Helmut, here is Catherine Parker. Wunderschön, danke. Und Sie? Wie ist der Rücken? Gut. Und Marlena? Fabelhaft. Hören Sie, ist es möglich, das 314 zu bekommen? Vielen, vielen Dank. Sie sind mein Süßer. Good. Bis heute Abend dann. Also. Ciao. It's this tower room with a canopy bed and a fireplace big enough to stand in. Perfect. Everything's in place. For what? Man I've been seeing for a while. I think he's it. And I think this could be the weekend we decide. He said there was something very important he wanted to discuss with me. I think he's going to pop the question. You do? I think so. We're in the same city now. I've indicated that I'm receptive to an offer. I've cleared the month of June. And I am, after all, me. Well, what if he doesn't pop the question? <laughs> I really don't think that's a variable. Tess, you know, you don't get anywhere in this world by waiting for what you want to come to you. You make it happen. Watch me, Tess. 
learn from me. Um, yeah, Sigourney was really good in it. Like you said earlier, she was definitely like typecast as like a. It was just kind of a comedy role, really. Yeah. I I know I found it weird. Like remember, so at the end when she comes back home, she's carrying a giant stuffed gorilla. Right. That's an intentional nod right, to right, Gorillas okay. in the Mist, which had come to the cinemas like two, three months earlier. That's cool. It came out in the same year. So she actually bought that to set herself and was like, have my character be carrying this. It's like a little insert nod. Even though she's got film. like a broken leg. She's yeah. like hobbling in with a giant gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> um, but interestingly in this film, so Sigourney Weaver's character in this, yeah. that whole idea is that she's so successful for her age. Like yeah. the secretary is like, oh yeah, I've just turned, I'm 30. Mm-hmm. And then when she introduced herself to the, her boss and her boss is like, oh yeah, I turned 30 soon. Mm. And it's like, oh my God, my boss is younger than me and she's in this ridiculous she position of power like age a of 29. company and yeah. yeah. Scorny Weaver was actually 39 when she made this film. Yeah, but she always looks so young. Like she definitely, like the other day, I can't remember what you watched. What did we watch? We watched, some, uh, was it Monster Calls? Yeah. And we was like, Jesus, she's like, this only came out a few years ago and she's like 70. So she's in her late 60s. Yeah, um, but she's playing somebody, yeah, she often plays people about 10 years younger than herself yeah, yeah. and can definitely pull it off. Mm. Yeah, so let's, what's next? <laughs> Ghostbusters 2, already spoke about that. Alien 3, already spoke about that. So, Dave? Yeah, Dave, this is a weird one. This is one that we only watched at the last minute. Like, yeah. this was going to be one that we almost wouldn't have time for. Mm. There's always maybe a few at the end, which we maybe won't get around to. Yeah. And I really like this. Like this. And uh, yeah, I was actually glad we watched it. Yeah, I really liked it. She's basically like the first lady. Yeah. Uh, she plays the first lady in it. Um, to, uh, alongside Kevin Klein, who plays two characters. Yeah. Uh, so he plays the president of the United States. And he also plays an impersonator. Yeah, he's like a body the double. president of the United States. Uh, and then, you know, events come about and sort of... Oh, very quickly. Like yeah. within the first 15 minutes, the president... Is has a stroke, yeah. And the people like puppeteering the presidency basically yeah. want this want the public like, to not know. Yeah, and they put him in as a body double, don't they? Yeah, so they just put him there. So you pretend to be the president, and we are just gonna keep everything running smoothly. Mm. It's a really weird, it's and a really funny weird concept. Film. It's a, I've never heard of it. I've no. never heard of it, and it's actually got like a lot of fans. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I know like a lot of actual. Real president side. Mm. This is like, oh, I love this film. Yeah, because it's about the presidency and, and stuff. Yeah, but uh, it really is like, like you said, Kevin Klein plays the lead. Mm. It is like he is the lead role. Yeah, she. It takes quite a while for her, her to even to, appear yeah, in it. Yeah, because her relationship with the president is not on good terms. They sleep mm. in separate rooms. He's yeah. constantly having affairs. They are very separate. She only appears for like press. Yeah, events. So it takes a while for her to even appear. Mm. But I like the, how their relationship like develops with the fake president uh, version yeah. of Kevin Klein. Like that, he's her, his personality is like more like warmer and interesting, and he's more like caring. Uh, yeah, caring. He's got better charisma and stuff like that. And I think he's not been like hardened by politics, mm. so he's just sort of out to do the right thing the whole time. So um, as she, because eventually she does realize, and as like spoilers. she softens to him. Her presence in the film grows and grows and grows yeah, until yeah. it's like a co-lead by the end of it. Yeah. But I would say it takes at least half an hour for her to even appear. Yeah. So I thought she was really great in it. It's a good film. And um, check it out. So this is, she worked with Kevin Klein again after this film and another film we'll talk about later. And she also worked with Ben Kingsley again. Ben Kingsley's also in this film as the mm-hmm. vice president. He's not in it terribly much though, but. He's yeah. talked about a lot and you see him in pictures and then he doesn't appear to last really third of the end. film. Yeah. 
um, or the last quarter of the film even. Mm. And then he has like a major role. Yeah. It's almost like teased that yeah. he will be in it because he's like quite high up in the billing at the beginning. But, mm. but she would work with both Kevin Klein and Ben mm. Kingsley again in, in future films. Yeah. She does that a fair bit actually, like kind of goes back and works with like a lot of people. It's something we're noticing from doing this podcast mm. that you do see like actors getting paired up multiple yeah. times throughout their career. Yeah. So you watched um, Death and the Maiden. Oh, I did watch Death and the Maiden. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch that one. What did you think? What's it about? So, so this this film, um, I was a little because the subject matter and who it's directed by, which I'm not going to dwell on. Uh, it's a Roman Polanski film. I was a little bit, you know, in two minds about watching it, but it is regarded as a really great performance from her. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And originally, I was like just putting it on in the background while I was doing other things. But I found it incredibly gripping. Mm. And I ended up being very absorbed by it. Okay. And I really, really actually liked this film. It's 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 quite a hard subject matter. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily... It's not necessarily what you see, but it's what's spoken about. Mm. Um, this is her again with Ben Kingsley. It is. Yeah. It's basically um, just three people right. for the whole film. Mm. It's, it was originally a play which I, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know anything about the story or anything. But basically she was um, kid, kidnapped because uh, her husband's like an attorney. Mm. And at one point in her past, she was kidnapped and tortured for information, which she mm-hmm. didn't give up. So she has this terrible experience in her past. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually she comes across what she, who she thinks is the guy that did all these terrible things to her. Based on his voice. Based on his voice, because she was blindfolded the whole time. And that's Ben Kingsley, who um, her husband breaks down and he picks him up at the side of the road and drives him home. And when he drops her husband off, she hears the voice and runs his car off the road and kidnaps him and ties him to a chair. So the majority of this film is just Ben Kingsley tied to a chair with Sigourney Weaver, slapping him around the face with a gun accusing them of all the stuff that she, he's done in the past. Yeah. And it is tough subject matter. The stuff they're talking about is they don't shy away from detail. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if you if you don't want to hear people talking about, you know, torture and and rape and, and sexual assault, mm. then maybe avoid this miss. film. Yeah. But it was the, the performance was so good from all... Like gripping. Yeah, mm. from her and Ben Kingsley and... Um, uh, Stuart Wilson and Stuart Wilson is, is the place the husband so it's just these three actors in the, in the room mm. and such good performances that you're just gripped mm. um, and I loved this film I thought it was fantastic cool despite, it's got really good reviews despite it being queasy well that's it's, con- it's considered great that's why I sort of tracked it down because yeah. of like how critically acclaimed it is mm. but yeah this was brilliant and I think for me this is one of her strongest performances mm. because she's so hardened yeah determined and her uh, but also like her husband's putting doubt in her mind he's like how do you know this is the guy because mm. he, he's trying to like be devil's fair. advocate kind of yeah, yeah he's trying to have it see it from both sides and if this guy's innocent we need to make sure he's innocent if he's guilty we need to make sure he's guilty yeah yeah, yeah. but then she's also having all all these memories of the terrible things that's happened to her so she's getting emotional is there like sad flashbacks and, and angry stuff? no just no, all in just, this room yeah. all right okay yeah wow and yeah really i really like this film Mm. it's not one that I'll be like rushing to watch again and again because it is like heavy going yeah but for the pure like three amazing performances I'm a real sucker for just let's just watch some really great performances like this was good stuff Mm. I don't believe you 
have to. You have no choice. If he repents, I will let him go. And you and your commission will be safe. With a taped confession, he won't dare send thugs or go to the police. He'll know the video will be all over TV the next day. And I'll let him live. As you say about our sad country, Gerardo, I will let the past become the past. We'll put this behind us and get on with our lives. Yes, we'll have to. We'll have to live with him. What if he refuses? Tell him if he refuses, then he's dead. Is that a real threat? Yes. Polly, what happened to you can't be condoned in any way. You have to do this, Gerardo. You have to convince him. There's no other way. What if by some incredible miracle this is just some crazy coincidence? What if he's innocent? If he's innocent, then he's really fucked. So yeah, if you want to watch something and you've got a strong stomach, hitting. Mm. not necessarily for what you see, you don't really see anything, but yeah. it's heavy subject matter. This is a great film. Cool. So what did we watch next? Ice Storm. The Ice Storm. The Ice Storm. Really weird film. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Actually, I'll just quickly, before we go on to The Ice Storm, I mm. did also watch Copycat, oh, okay. which came out between. Mm. Um, I watched this on New Year's Eve. <laughs> this, oh, yeah. So I'll just quickly talk about this. Um, this is a thriller she is like a psychologist who writes about serial killers mm-hmm. and one day she is attacked but survives but the um the incident causes her to become agoraphobic so she doesn't leave her apartment mm-hmm. then when these this new uh, spate of killings occurs mm-hmm. quite a long time later the investigators sort of ask for her help mm-hmm. come on help me out here i really admire your work does she do this this Wide-eyed little girl routine often? Yeah. Does it work? Mm, Usually. Sometimes. You can spare me the bullshit, Inspector. You don't admire me. You don't even like me. None of your people do. But the beautiful part is I don't give a fuck. That's the upside of having a nervous breakdown. So, if you don't mind, I have a very busy day. And so from her apartment, she's helping them through this case kind of reluctantly because she doesn't want to get back into this mm-hmm. sort of field. But then it turns out that she's actually quite linked into the killings that are going on. I thought this was actually a pretty good thriller. I actually mm-hmm. quite liked it. I went into it expecting it to be rubbish. Mm-hmm. The reason I tracked it down is because when I was a teenager, right. me and one of my friends were trying to come up for cool ideas for like Films thrillers. Right. Because thrillers were really big at that yeah. time. And I came up with this idea ah. to the point where my idea for the film was called Copycat. Oh, my God. And then we found out it already existed. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's slightly different to what mine was, but it's really too similar for me to ever have <laughs> pursued my idea. Um, and I, for all, all, ever since I found that out, I've been meaning to watch this film. So this uh, is my excuse to finally okay. sit down and watch it. That's cool. And I did actually footage, think it was pretty, like, a pretty watchable, good, mm. um, like, thriller. Yeah. Uh, Holly Hunter plays, like, the lead investigator as well. So it's quite mm. fun seeing the height difference between her and Sigourney because it's quite <laughs> quite uh, dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, but she actually, Sigourney Weaver loves this film. Yeah. She said um, this is actually one of her proudest performances. Wow. And she regrets that it was, uh, as she said, lost in the shuffle of thrillers at the time. Yeah. Because there were so many, like, cop thrillers sort of films coming out at that time. She she wished it was it had become more prominent because she is really proud of her performance mm. in it, hmm. um, and I did like it. Cool. Uh, another fun fact: Sigourney Weaver's stunt woman's yeah. nose was broken during a fight scene of this. Oh man! <laughs> so there we go. 
but yeah, that's a copycat. I thought it was a pretty good thriller. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you said, what was the next one? Ice Storm, the Ice Storm. Ice Storm, yeah. Uh, really weird film. Like, just a weird storyline. It all takes place during this, like, yeah, massive storm kind of thing. And it's all about, like, relationships, like, middle-class families and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Based um, on, a like, a fairly famous book mm, and directed by Ang Lee. Yeah. Um, so this yeah. is, like, a really well-regarded film. Yeah. But it didn't blow me away. No, I just felt it was a little bit off for it, me. It didn't grab me. A lot of interesting cast. There's like a lot of people in it. Mm, it's like a real ensemble piece. Mm. Like Sigourney Weaver's not... She's one of the main characters, but there's probably about six or seven. Yeah, and of the two main couples, it's about mainly about... It's about the community, like a lot of people yeah. in the same community, but it mainly focuses on two families. Yeah. And she is like the wife of one of the couples yeah. involved. With like, of and their the, kids and stuff. She's the most sort of aloof of them. She yeah. has the least lines because that's just her character. Yeah. So of the four main, I would say they're the main characters mm. as well as, well, no, because you've got the kids are quite prominent as yeah. well. Yeah, there's a lot of characters. Mm. you got like Elijah Wood. Yeah. Um, a couple of other people. There's yeah, there's a lot there's of people a in this cast. film. This is what she's with Kevin Klein in this again. They're having an affair. Yeah. Toby Maguire is one of the kids. Yeah. In it. He's, uh, Christina Ricci. Ri- Richie. Richie. Uh, yeah, Elijah Wood. Loads of people. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a re- really bizarre film. Like I was expecting more to come of it. Yeah. It's this whole build-up to the ice storm. Yeah. Where like, this massive storm Incoming. that goes on one night. Mm. And you think... Like not saying what happens during the ice storm isn't eventful. Like There's a lot of things, but I thought there was going to be something more dramatic. Yeah. But then I don't know what that and would it just be. Because kind of what does happen is fairly dramatic, but it does kind of fizzle out. It kind of fizzles out. out at the yeah. end. I don't know. The characters, they were really believable, but then none of them were really likable. No. Um, there was no likable characters at all. Yeah. So, and it was just a bit like weird, like teenager, like doing like weird shit. Yeah. It's just like. A lot of, a lot of sex. Yeah. Basically. And like the adults it's as well lot, being like really weirdly promiscuous and stuff. It's a lot about like. Sexual hangups, mm. basically. Coming of age and your weird sexual awakenings yeah. and then like hiding sexual um, sort of Desire lusts and, and desires yeah. for when you're an adult and how that can manifest. It's, it's like affairs and there's like key party is a major element in it. Yeah. It's like partner swapping and yeah, like this is a really well regarded film. A lot of people really love this film, but for me it didn't do it. Yeah. Anyway, so give that a watch if you... Sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, we haven't done um, a good job of selling it, but... <laughs> uh, Alien Resurrection was next, but we yeah. talked about that already. Galaxy Quest, after yeah. that, we already spoke about that a bit. Let's go on to... Before we go on to the next film, uh, you I just want to mention that she was the voice of the Planet Express ship in Futurama. Yeah. In the episode Love and Rocket. <laughs> yeah. So anytime, anytime an actor we uh, talk about is going to appear in either The Simpsons or Futurama, I'm probably going to call it out. <laughs> Uh, so that was the uh, Valentine's Day special. Yeah. One of them. And I'll put in a little clip of Sigourney Weaver as the Planet Express ship as she has in a, a relationship with Bender. Mm. If you don't like the stations, you could just play with my buttons till you find something we both enjoy. You watched, um, I saw this film ages and ages ago because I had to watch it in school, but you watched Holes. You had to watch it in school? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. We read the book. You read the book? I think I just watched the film as an accompaniment. It was like a suggested thing. Right, okay. So I watched it. Yeah, I'd never seen this. I didn't study this book at school. What did you think? It was all right. It was a kid's film. Yeah. It's it got, was fine. It's really weird, isn't it? This is like the start of her playing a very similar character for me, though. Okay. As in, like, 
the strong woman in charge. Right. Like they talk about the person in charge yeah. enigmatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you see it, it's Sigourney Weaver and you're not expecting it to be a woman and it's this woman in charge. Like authoritative. Yeah, and it yeah. happens quite a lot. Like this character reappears quite a lot from this point on. Yeah. Do you think that does her any favours or is she just like really like kind of... I don't know. Like it's, it's a kid's film, so I'm not, I haven't got too much to say about it. It's like Sheila Booth. It's based on a quite famous book. She mm. actually wanted to do this because it's her daughter's favourite book. Oh, okay, cool. So, like, her daughter read this book and like, mm. really liked this book. So they had, she heard they're doing the film, so she was like, oh, yeah. I'll be in that. But she doesn't appear in this film till 40 minutes into it. This happens a lot with her. I yeah. feel like they... It's like the big She's reveal. built up. She's built up, like, loads and loads and loads in the beginning of the film, and then she when her character is like revealed it's like a big deal yeah it's really weird it's almost a little bit meta yeah of like she had such prominent roles early in her career with like ghostbusters and alien films and gorillas in the mist and things like that she became a big name quite quickly multiple oscar nominations and they use her quite sparingly and then it's almost like scorny weaver's going to be in this and they build her up Mm. within the film yeah and then she makes the big appearance yeah and it happens like there's a couple of films coming up later Mm where this happens as well it's just like the big build up and then she appears yeah and Weird, that's, right? that's what this is like uh, um, that doesn't she, happen sorry are you gonna yeah I was gonna say like she like I said she doesn't appear till 40 minutes into this film mm. and she has the top billing in this film well it's Sigourney Weaver of course she does uh, it's not the same story for The Village though which we also watched I'd not seen this before she's in it from like the very beginning the whole way through but she's just in the background yeah right um, again it's not ensemble cast she, She's used quite sparingly. This is one of the examples of like, she liked the script a lot and wanted to be in the film. Mm. So it's a very small role. Yeah. It's, it's like an important role because there's yeah. a council of elders yeah. in this village. Which she's included. And there's quite a few like prominent people on this yeah. in terms of like actors. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're always in it, but they don't really do a lot. Mm. And she is sort of like the mother of one of the main characters. Yeah, who's played by... Um... Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. And uh, the other main character is uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, she's sort of the main character. Yeah. Um, this was her like debut film. William Hurt's on the council. Uh, is Brendan Gleeson on the council? Yeah, Brendan yeah. Gleeson. So William Hurt, Brendan Gleeson and her are sort of the bigger names on the council. Yeah. yeah. Really massive, massive cast. And really, like, I don't know why I didn't want to watch. I was a bit hesitant to watch this film because I don't really like, like, creepy horror films but it's not at all like I really am interested to hear what you think of this film because it's a this, bit underwhelming to be honest like this the film twist, is panned people hate this film really yeah it's, it was underwhelming the twist was awesome right and I'm glad that I didn't know anything about the film when I watched it right um, it made it like all the better for it right um, but the actual like threat yeah which is like why this village stays where they do and they kind of isolate themselves and stuff like that the threat well we can just... say that isn't that's like from from the beginning it's, yeah. a, it's a village a, a village in a clearing of a forest a forest yeah and um, they just every, they grow everything themselves yeah it's like self-sufficient it's completely self-sufficient mm-hmm. and they have a truce with these monsters who live in the forest surrounding they, they, them they will not be named something like that yeah. they call them who live in the forest and it's like you don't invade our village and we will never enter your forest yeah and it's just this truce that's gone on for like years and years and years mm-hmm. and it's about these people in the village yeah basically uh, so yeah it was fine like I really loved like the twist it was super cool but I think it's not as great as it could have been so I have this film 
Um, so this is directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Who did The Sixth Sense. Right. Masterpiece. Yeah. Unbreakable. I love Unbreakable. Mm. It's my, one of my favourite films, actually. Probably in my top ten films. I love that film. Wow. Uh, Signs, which is all right. Yeah. So the, everyone's eyes were on this guy. Yeah, he'd got, got like a pretty good run. Yeah, but then this is sort of the one that Fell people short. didn't like. Right. And they were getting sick of like, oh, he has a big twist in every film. Yeah. So they're getting sick of his twists. Right. This... And this is like the start of his decline because the people then like, say his films got worse and worse and worse mm. until like a lot of people like split. That was sort of like his mm-hmm. return to form. Right. A lot of people think. So I hadn't watched this film for ages despite enjoying his first three films. And when I finally like, oh, I'll, I'll watch that film mm. just years ago. Um, I think this film is misadvertised as yeah. a horror film. It's not a horror film. No, yeah. And it puts a lot of people off. I imagine if you went to see this film at cinema thinking it was a horror film, you'd be like, that was so bad. Yeah. And I think that's why it doesn't do itself any favours, like the marketing. I had had a weird love of this film. It was one where I considered this my guilty pleasure film for years. Oh, right. So when I first saw it, I was like, that was fucking awesome. Like, I loved it. Oh, wow. I really loved it. And I used to go on to people like, have you not not watched it? You should watch it. It's actually really good. I don't understand why it's panned. Right. And it was like, I don't really believe in the expression guilty pleasure because it's just like what you want to like. Yeah. That's fine. And I did actually used to say to people like, no, you should watch this film. It's really good. Yeah. Most people I said that to watched it and said it was terrible. (laughs) I don't know why I really loved it, but I never actually had the balls to watch it again just in case it changed my opinion of it. Right, okay. So when we finally sat down to watch it for this, I was like really interested to what you would think and really interested to how I would feel about right. it after these years. So, do you still love it as much as you did? I don't love it, but I did actually still really like it. Right. I don't know what yeah. it is about this film. I actually really like it. Okay. It's really slow. Yeah. And it's not what you expect it to be. Yeah. I do agree that his films got bad after this one, though. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, to me, this isn't the one that he got bad on. This mm. was this was a good film. And um, I was just happy to watch it again, basically. Mm. So I want to talk about um, Snowcake next. Yes, go on then. Which uh, came out in 2006, and I thought this was awesome. Yeah? Yeah, I really loved it. Um, it's such a interesting storyline, mm-hmm. and it's, like, surrounded by, like, a really weird, like, topic of, like, death. Like, there's a lot of, like, stuff happening in it. I'd say the main character is probably Alan Rickman, because it follows him, like, interacting with these two women one mother and one daughter and Sigourney Weaver plays the mother and she is um basically a high functioning autistic um and she plays that like so well mm-hmm. um her performance is incredible in this D-A-Z L-I-O-U-S Dazlius I'm assuming that's a made up word it is it's also 38 points for the word and another 50 for using up all my letters. Mm, that makes 88 points. And your example? Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. He's got arms made of elastic so they can stretch for two, maybe 300 miles. He's been imprisoned in a cave for seven days with no food and no water and no light. And on the eighth day, he manages to loosen a rock and push his way up through the top. With his stretchy arms. And up into the daylight, 
just as the sun is coming up over the mountains and filling the sky with this white-yellow light. And there's a stillness. And in the few minutes he's got, before his captor, the evil Dr. Doom, returns, he stops for one second. And all he can hear is his own breathing. And he's totally overwhelmed by how big the world is and how small and unimportant he is. And as he turns around, we see his face look to the sky. And he says very quietly, so that no one can hear him, he says, Dazzling. chance of winning this game i'm gonna really need to focus i thought the so the other main character is also her, her neighbor as well oh yeah her neighbor i thought all three of the main cast were really good in this yeah it's alan rickman scorny weaver and carrie ann moss plays yeah. the neighbor mm. and they're all really different characters and this weird like situation of events like kind of brings them together mm. and it's like a really weird relationship between Sigourney Weaver's character and Alan Rickman they've never they don't know each other they're brought together by this tragic like accident and they're and he has kind of an interesting past anyway but he's a very reserved Englishman well Englishman and this film's set in Canada Mm. so he's sort of out of his he's like a fish out of water anyway yeah it's really interesting I don't want to say too much about it no, because you just it, gotta watch it. It really took me by surprise. I'd never yeah. heard of it. I watched this just based on like I always try and search out films when we cover these actors, like sort of an overlooked film with yeah. high reviews. Mm. Like I've never heard of that, but it has great reviews. Yeah. So I always like sort of try and dig those out and it looked interesting. So I tracked this down. Yeah. And um I really, really like this film as well. And the whole yeah. film takes place over the course of like a week. Yeah. It's really small scale. It's just these three really good actors giving a really good performance and you just watch their, their lives over this sort of week that brings these f- characters together. Um, and a lot of it, like not a lot is happening in, but it's just some really great performances. Yeah. I really, really did like this film. Yeah, me too. It was actually Alan Rickman that suggested Sigourney Weaver for this role as well. Because they were unsure about who to cast. It's a difficult role to do. Mm. You're playing like an autistic character. That could go really badly. Mm. And they weren't sure. He was already cast. They weren't sure who to cast for this other character. And he had had suggested her because they'd previously worked together on Galaxy Quest. Totally different Mm. type of film. But he was like, no, like I think she would do well in this role. Mm. And he actually called her himself in the end. And um, contacted her himself and gave her the script and said, read this. I think you'll be really good for this role. Mm. And then she, she And took she it. was, and it was yeah. great. It's really well reviewed. It's like got 7.5. But yeah, I'd never, ever heard of it before. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a B- made by the BBC. Yeah. BBC film. But really she actually spent time with an autistic woman in the UK to mm. prepare for this role. Um, and she spent a lot of time with her, took on like a lot of her mannerisms and stuff for mm. this role. Yeah. Yeah, I went into this film thinking, well, this might be iffy mm. but i thought it was really good yeah really great so should we move on to oh she was in be kind to rewind <laughs> yeah i i've seen this film a few times this is another film where people don't like this film but i actually think it's quite fun yeah it's um, like it's a good just like a 
easy going, like easy watchable thing. It's quite funny. Yeah, it's directed by Michel Gondry, so his films are kind of weird anyway. But if you like Michel Gondry films, like you might like this. It's yeah. just like a kooky film. I I've not seen this film for a long time, no, and me I neither. don't actually remember her being in it. So I don't know what size role this is for her. Because it really is just like Jack Black and Mo Steph doing yeah. parodies of other films, including Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't remember her in this, but yeah, she is in it's it. It's a good watch. Uh, so what should we talk about next? She was in Wally as the computer voice. Yeah. Another, another ship's voice. Yeah, she plays the ship's computer again. Yeah. So Futurama gave her a taste for then being the ship in Wally. Yeah. Uh, which is a great Pixar film. We talked mm. about Pixar films on our one of our four and one more episodes. Mm. But um, yeah, like not a lot to say. Great film. She plays the voice. She's like again a lot of. She's a fair bit of voice work because she's she got has quite a unique. unique. I was going to say another same year. Tale of Desperu. She's uh, the narrator as well. Yeah. Um, voice in Happily Never After. Voice in Futurama. Voice. Yeah. Voice in Big Bad Love. Like a lot of voice work because she has such a, a recognizable voice. Mm. I suppose. And then two thousand nine, we spoke about Avatar already. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's. Go. What else did we watch? Well, I wanted to talk about in 2011. She right. did so many. Look how many roles she did in 2011. Wow. But there's a like lot six? of small parts. Right. Okay. And this is what I was talking about with like they build her up and then she appears and she's playing the similar sort of character. Mm-hmm. So in the film Paul with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, right? She's like enigmatically referred to as the big guy. Yeah. All the way through the film. The yeah. big guy, the big guy's going to show up, all this stuff. And then towards the end, when the big guy shows up, it's Sigourney Weaver. Amazing. You know, because Simon Pegg, who co-wrote this film with Nick Frost, like it's a huge fan of Aliens and Sigourney Weaver mm. as an actress. And everything. so he was like, what an amazing get to have her appear in this small role. He wanted to build her up. Yeah. But then she has a kind of similar role in The Cabin in the Woods, which came out in the same year, where she's like running... She is like the man in charge almost of the yeah. secret facility. And if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, mm. watch it. It's a really fantastic film. Mm. Uh, it starts off as like a very tropey slasher flick. Yeah. But then it's very intentionally so. And it's a great sort of poke at like genre mm. of that genre. Yeah. And um, sort of how predictable it plays on how predictable those films are. Yeah. Like they're almost providing a service. Yeah. And she's sort of head of a, a corporation yeah. of some sort. Mm-hmm. So yeah, similar character. We're like not a major, like in a major role in terms of importance, but not in it all that much. Yeah, yeah. That's bizarre, isn't it? What's next? She briefly like returned to her role as Ellen Ripley for another voice part in the mm-hmm. Alien Isolation video game. Cool. Which is a great game. Uh, and then she was in Chappie. Yeah. Do you like Chappie? Because she's in a lot of films which like people love or hate, mm. it feels like, but that I'm on the love side of. I actually really love Chappie. Who does she play again? She's like the head of a... She's like, um, so uh, who's in it? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. She's his boss, basically. Again, yeah. again another she's, boss she's another, role. Yeah. She's in charge mm. of like the... Um, evil corporation. Not evil corporation, more like the police force. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so she's yeah uh, in charge of... She's a... High up in the police force. Yeah. Um, I do like Chappie. I think it's really good, except for a couple of bits that make me freak out because they're so gross. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is about like AI and consciousness uh, set in South Africa. So it's by Neil Blomkamp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like Chappie. They, um, 
So yeah, this has got dmold in it, um, and they sort of like uh, take in this like robot unit. Yeah, and, he's like, like a malfunctioned re- police because there's a, pl- a ro- he- robotic police force. Yeah. Uh, did he get wiped? They reprogram him. Yeah, they yeah. reprogram him and sort of like empathy. So, yeah, and that they kind of they thing. sort of mother him. Yeah. They mother this robot. And it's all about like AI and questioning like, yeah. humanity and stuff I, like that. I really like this film. Yeah, I do. Um, I, it kind of, I'm quite sad that it's so sort of, sort of, it's, I wouldn't say it's hated, but a lot of people just don't like this film. Mm. They think it's crap. I, I like it. I like Neil Blomkamp as a director. Right, yeah. I really like District 9. Mm-hmm. Quite liked Elysium. I think it's his worst, but then I really like this. Uh, since then, he's just done a lot of short films. Okay. I was really interested to what he would do next, but mm. he didn't really. He just did a lot of short films, which I haven't got around to watching. Mm. But, um, my friends watched them. He says they're really good as well. Yeah, Sigourney's sort of, like, yeah, like you She's said. the head of the police force, basically. Like, she plays, yeah, another like quite uh, imposing authoritative figure. authoritative figure, yeah. The interesting thing about her role in this is that behind the scenes... Right. Her and Neil Blomkamp got on really well. Yeah. And they started developing their own Alien sequel. Oh, my God. And he was going to direct it. Right. And they were writing it together. Wow. And there was all this cool concept art coming out of, like, her as, like, an older Ripley. That's really cool. And what it would do was erase Alien 3 and Resurrection from the canon. It was, like, a a redone Alien 3, so it would follow on from Aliens. Right, okay. And the studio were all up for it. Yeah. Because, like, I can't think of a better director to do an Alien film. Yeah, what happened? I think at the same time, um, Ridley Scott was considering making more Alien movies. Mm. And he eventually did. And they didn't want... This is what I th- I th- I've heard happen. I don't oh, know when how he made, is. like, Prometheus and He stuff. did, uh, and Covenant, and he yeah. was working... He's, well, he said he was working on a new trilogy, a prequel trilogy of them, right. Covenant, and then he was going to do one called Paradise. I don't know if he's still going to do that. Maybe, mm. maybe not. But the the studio didn't want people to get too confused of what was going on with right. the franchise. So they put a pin and in And they it. just put a pin in it, yeah. And it never oh, came man. forward. But the concept art looked awesome. I think it would, like, if they brought it out now, I think people would, like, understand the continuity of it. Yeah. Because there's nothing to conflict with it because he's sort of... Like the Prometheus and Covenant has sort of like come to a bit of a standstill at he, the moment. Well, he's he's so busy doing other thing, other yeah. things. I just don't know if he's actually continuing. Like he's so wishy washy with like I'm going to do this now, and then actually I'm going to do this, and I just don't know if he's going to finish those Alien mm. prequel films or not. Like they haven't performed amazingly. So. Also, I think at the, there's enough space for a sequel and prequels to exist. Oh, yeah. Think of like Star Wars films. Yeah. You have stuff coming out in all sorts of times within that timeline mm. and people follow them. It does confuse the hell out of people, but it's worth it. Yeah. So there's only one more that we watched uh, after that in terms of release. Um, yeah. Oh, she did have a small cameo in uh, Finding Dory as herself and a small cameo voice, yeah. in the... Ghostbusters. Yeah, the new one, the reboot. But then she was in A Monster Calls. Yeah. In 2016. What do you think of this? Oh, yeah. I really like this film. I thought it was awesome. Like, really hard-hitting emotionally. um, And I thought everyone was fantastic in it. It's got um, Felicity Jones um, Mm -hmm. and the young kid in it, Lewis uh, McDougall, was really good. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, on our films of the year list with mm. Jojo Rabbit yeah. it's really risky to put a kid in a lead role yeah. in a film that isn't necessarily just for kids yeah like this the target audience we said this after we watched it was a bit 
I don't know I who don't... it's aimed for. Yeah, it's really bizarre. But then I really liked it. Yeah. It's like it's aimed at kids, but then a kid wouldn't necessarily watch mm. this. I thought Sigourney, again, she was quite sparingly used. Again, mm-hmm. she, again, she appeared like later on in the film yeah, as quite they, a main character. Yeah, they're trying to... Her character is like kind of intentionally distant. Yeah. Because he's, she's the grandmother of the main, of the child. Yeah. And they don't necessarily get on so great. Their personalities like clash a little bit, I think. Yeah, so... And there's like a, a family tragedy going on. Like his mother mm. is sick throughout this yeah. film. So he's spending a lot of time with his grandmother he doesn't necessarily get on with and they're quite distant. So she is distant in the film. Mm, but I think also because his imagination is so like vivid, mm. um, all the stuff that happens like surrounding him and basically there's like a big, um, it's like a big yew tree that yeah. you can see from his bedroom window in the uh, on top of the hill next to a like a church building or whatever mm-hmm. and it's, it's the story surrounds that tree basically and like intertwines with his mom and their relationship and stuff it's really good I like this film a lot but yeah. I don't think Sigourney was a massive part in it like her role particularly it's about she was used sparingly it's about dealing with tragedy mm. especially um, as a child and how difficult that is yeah and it's also about imagination and yeah coping yeah so the other one the other main characters in this is the tree like he mm. the tree comes alive and talks to him as a giant monster all the way throughout this film yeah to the point where it's probably the second lead yeah and that's voiced by Liam Neeson mm. um, and it is just like him it's a lot of just storytelling like the tree just telling him stories all the way through the film yeah and helping him understand and come to terms with and cope what's going on in his actual life, mm, which is just like thrown out of balance. Morals and feelings and stuff like that. Mm. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, Sigourney, her role in it was like quite, I think, like different from stuff we've seen her play before. She was like again, like quite foreboding and mm. like uh, authoritative, but she was also fairly like quiet and reserved. And mm. yeah, it was a really interesting role for her to play. Yeah, it really is like the main characters are the kid and the yeah. tree, and all the adults are just like it's Felicity Jones, Sigourney Weaver, and mm. I'm not familiar with the the guy who played the dad, mm. but the the three adult characters in it like are all used sparingly. They're not all not in it that much. It is mainly the kid and the tree. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is a really like emotionally hard hitting film. Mm. I really liked it. Yeah. so definitely, yeah, check it out. Can I ask you a question about this film? Yeah. Did it make you cry? Yeah. That was really bold. Yeah, it's really sad. I, I was getting a bit cheery. It was so emotional. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I like it, because it was really good. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. And that's it. We've gone, gone through what we watched of the filmography. Yeah. So, I guess we'll do what we normally do and have a little break, decide which ones were our favourites, and mm-hmm. decide what's going to go on our top four, known for what she should be known for. Because I think we're going to have some changes to IMDb on this one. <laughs> if you hadn't guessed already. <laughs> yeah, if you hadn't guessed already, like what the hell's Alien Resurrection doing in there? <laughs> so let's have a little break and then we'll come back and talk about that. Cool. Okay, so my favourites, I'm just going to go straight into it. Just going to go straight into it? Yeah. So if you haven't listened before, this is, um, we, we, we normally discuss our top fours. Yeah. We'll just say our top fours and then we do the known fours. So. Right. Your, your favourite four in no particular order. In no, in no order yet. Okay. Alien. The first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aliens. Okay. Part two. Uh, 
Gorillas in the Mist. Okay. And Snowcake. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting that you put Alien and Aliens. Yeah. Because in my top four, I was like, do I put more than one Alien film in this? Yeah, sod it. Or... That's like a massive, gigantic part of her filmography. Basically, what got her career started. I think Aliens is a good sequel. Yes. Um, so, sorry, what were yours? Alien, Aliens, Snowcake, and Gorillas in the Mist. Yeah. Okay, interesting. What are yours? I had originally put Alien and Aliens. Okay. But I didn't know if we were going to like say, well, you can't really have one Alien film. We did that a bit with the Matrix one for Lawrence Fishburne as well. Even though the second or third wouldn't have been in my favourites. But anyway. I'm just breaking all the rules. I, I After crossing out Aliens, because Alien is my favourite. Right. I put Alien, Ghostbusters. Right. I knew you'd have that in there. Death and the Maiden. Okay. Snowcake. Right. Okay. So we both loved Snowcake. That's yeah. up there. We both loved the first Alien film. We yeah. both loved the second Alien film. But you swapped it out. But I swapped it out. I put Ghostbusters in and I put Death and the Maiden. I mean, to be honest, I do love Ghostbusters, but... I've seen it so much. Like, I don't love it as much as other people. Mm. If I was going to take one out, I'd probably take Ghostbusters out for Aliens. Right. If we just talk about favourite, probably, mine was probably Alien. Her, her, like, aliens. Per- performance-wise. Yeah. yeah. Alien, Aliens, Death and the Maiden, Snowcake. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, that's our favourites. So, with the top the top four on IMDb are currently Alien, Resurrection. Uh, the current top four. Yeah. Avatar. Avatar and... Alien, Alien, Resurrection and Galaxy Quest. And Galaxy Quest. And uh, Okay. So we are we changing that around? Do we think it should be mm, a different four? I think so. Yeah. Are we going to agree that Resurrection's out there? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> now, Galaxy Quest is a hard one because it is, like, really beloved. Yes. And, like, she is in it, like, a fair bit. Yes. But she plays, like, a really silly character. Yeah, but it's good to see her comedy chops. Yeah, that's true. I actually have written here that I think Galaxy Quest should still be in it, even though it's not yeah, one of my favourites. Yeah, okay. So we keep an alien... We're keeping Galaxy Quest. Yes. So what about Avatar? I think this should be swapped out for uh, Gorillas in the Mist. I think Gorillas in the Mist should be in there as well. Yeah. Because... Even though I don't didn't love that film so much, it is like an Oscar-nominated lead performance, which shows a range of emotions. Yeah. And is a very well-known film. Yeah. Like, what more do you need in your, like, yeah. gamut And, of, like, Ali- Avatar's, like, a more, like, ensemble piece mm. like yeah, she is in it, it but yeah. so because gorillas in the mist is basically just sigourney weaver with a bunch of gorillas slash chimpanzees for the entire film and then other characters kind of are so just what, spotted in there i had written here that galaxy quest should stay in it right, i'd written okay. here that alien should stay in it i had written here that gorillas in the mist should probably be in it mm-hmm. avatar i'd put a question mark next to so if you're saying we should probably take it out i agree i reckon in and, that do you want to put snowcake in there then well, I don't. I don't it's not, know. Probably not yeah, a really what, famous. Film. What, what I've about? Got, I've got two here. Right. Okay. That I think it should be between. Is it Ghostbusters? It's Ghostbusters just because of it's such an iconic film. Yeah. And a lot of people. That's what I only knew her from for mm. so many years. Yeah, yeah. But then I've also got Aliens. But then I don't know if we're sticking to the the rules of. One. Only one in a franchise in the Known right. Force, which probably should, because you, you want the Known Force to show a range of characters. Yeah, I think. In so. which case, I actually think we should take out Alien and put Aliens because she is the clear lead in that one, right, rather okay. than it being more of an ensemble mm, like the first one. Interesting. And it is like the one that she was nominated for. Okay. It's the bigger film, mm-hmm. but then Alien is the what she got recognised from. Yeah. So, what do you think? 
It's already in there as well. Alien is already in there. I don't know. That's a really tough call. We'll come back to that. So we've got Galaxy Quest, Gorillas in the Mist, and then... I think you're right with Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, and then one of the... Alien or Aliens? I think Aliens. Okay. But I'll let you have the deciding vote. Let's go with Aliens then. Aliens? Yeah, sure. Okay. Also, as a kid, like, I had only ever seen the second one, first of all. Right. Because it's more action-packed. I think a lot of people, a lot of people, that's their favourite. Mm-hmm. I like slower films, tension-based films. So for right. me, the first one's best. Mm-hmm. But for most people, the second one's the best one. It's the one it's I'd like seen younger because it's like an action film. It's cool, but you've also got more depth of character for her character. Mm. Uh, you get like her maternal instincts coming out and stuff. Mm. So are we going Aliens? Yeah. Okay. Let's go Aliens. So our known fours are... Right. Aliens. Yep. Ghostbusters. Good. Gorillas in the Mist and Galaxy Quest. So actually only one stayed in there. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a pretty good I think it range. shows her, yeah, it shows her like she's so um, versatile. Yes. And I'm not even a big fan of Galaxy Quest, but I do think it should be in there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Are there any other films that you were, that were close for you that you want to mention? Obviously, Snowcake, she was great in. Well, that was um, in our top fours already. Yeah. I mean, uh, ones that weren't in your top Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I like Dave. Dave, yeah, okay. Yeah, really just like fun, easy yeah. watching film. So seek that out if you just want like a pretty interesting, easy going yeah. film. Uh, I quite liked Copycat as well. Okay. If you want like a good thriller that was overlooked. It's not a masterpiece, but if you like a good mm. cop thriller, it's pretty good. Mm. You know, like seven out of ten cop thriller. Like I'm sometimes just in the mood for something like that. And it's a pretty good example of it. Mm. And it's interesting, it's an interesting take to have like the mm. main person they're relying on being agoraphobic, so she has to mm. work from the confines of her room. Yeah. I also really like The Year of Living Dangerously. Oh, really? She's not got a massive role in it, like we said, but it's a cool, interesting film. Yeah. Um, and another something I like is like historical, yeah. kind of, it's sort of historical. Um, interesting take on the, on the times. Yeah. So this was a fun one. There was a lot, a big range of films. Yeah. Uh, we didn't watch as many films as we have for previous, but the range was pretty wide. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, like we said, it's interesting series stuff that isn't just like sci-fi films and stuff. There was a lot Even of though ones. she's the queen of sci-fi. She's the queen of sci-fi. Uh, so the next episode that comes out will be our second part of our Oscars episode. Because mm-hmm. the Oscar... Uh, noms get. Noms are going to be released like the week after this comes out. Yep. So we're just watching the last few of those that we mm-hmm. haven't seen. And then after that, we're doing Rebecca's Choice, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo. Do you want to remind us what the, his top four are, his known for? When I wrote, when I chose him, it was Inception, yep. The Departed, mm-hmm. uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, yep. and Titanic. Wow. So like we said, we finally got to watch Titanic. Some heavy, <laughs> some heavy hitters on there. Uh, you haven't seen The Departed, have you? No. That's a good film. I'll be interested to watch that again. I'll yeah. be watching that again. So yeah, we're going to be cracking on with starting watching some Leonardo DiCaprio films. And then after that, it's another one of Becca's choices. Mm-hmm. What actress are we going to cover for the month after that? We had to have a pause there because Becca wasn't 100% certain who There's she was There's so choosing. many people on my list that I want to choose from. Um, I think I'm going to go for uh, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler? Yeah. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Okay. Um... Is there a particular reason? Apart from her fantastic performance in Lord of the Rings. Right. Not seeing that much of her stuff. I, I don't, I'm not that familiar with Lord of the Rings. No. Who is she in Lord of the Rings? She is Arwen. Oh, okay. 
So she's kind of um, Aragon. She's Aragon's like love interest. Oh yes, I remember. It's been like a, it's a previous mm. podcast. I'm not big, big on Lord of the Rings. Oh, maybe that means we should watch them again. Maybe, yeah. I remember her being in that. I do actually like Liv Tyler, so it'd be interesting to see some of the other stuff that she's in. Yeah, interesting choice. Yeah. Okay, so uh, like we said, next time we've got the Oscars mini coming up soon, and then uh, Leonardo DiCaprio followed by Liv Tyler. Mm-hmm. If you've not um, been playing along with the um, Oscar stuff, the our sheet is on the website. You can go and download it. Um, uh, so yeah check that out and yeah look forward to the Oscars noms very exciting tough yeah so um, if you want to get in contact suggest any films we'd love to hear any suggestions you have for either Leonardo DiCaprio get them in quick or uh, Liv Tyler Mm -hmm. films to watch Uh, you can do that at knownforpod at gmail.com or you can contact me on Twitter at at bobshoy that's at b-o-b-s-h-o-y uh, you can get contact us either of those ways. Leave a rating review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. That helps out a lot because we're still a fairly relatively new podcast. And since we're only monthly, mm-hmm. we haven't got as much coming out as some others. Um, and I think that's us done. Yeah, cool. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.